Boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Man to Man podcast. I am one half of the great, the dynamic um, host, co-host, Kelvin Dooley. And on the other end, first name Trey, last name Vaughn. I know him as Big Time TV. I call him Big Time TV or just TV. Trey Vaughn, what's going on, bro? Not much, man. Uh, another day. Uh, yeah, another day to get, get another podcast out. Um, and I'm ready ready to get this one rolling. We got a lot of football yes, to talk about. A lot of football, heavy on the football uh, on, on Tuesday's episode, uh, wrapping up week 14. And as you guys know, thank you guys for following us as well. We appreciate the, the listens. Uh, we start every episode with the national holidays TV. Today is National Free Shipping Day, National Monkey Day, National Alabama Day, and National Energy Conservation Day. Any of those stick out to you? Um, maybe free shipping day just because it's, you know, it's nice that they have free shipping. Um, one less one less charge to tack onto your online order. Um, so right. may, maybe free shipping day. That would sound, that, it's just, you know, it's, it's a luxury, I guess, to, to be able to have one less uh, fee tacked on. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Um, but this one, this this is a cool one, but I don't know how much online shopping you do, TV, but uh, you can get free shipping throughout the year, uh, yeah. just depending, you know, on the sale or, you know, the season or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the one that stands out to me, Energy Conservation Day, as I just most recently moved to St. Louis in this apartment, my most recent uh, light bill, energy bill, was only 15 bucks. Nice, and I was so proud of that because that is <laughs> is very cheap. So yeah, uh, I, I try my best to unplug and keep lights off, try not to run up as much, um, you know, energy as as possible. I don't I don't consider myself an energy conservationist, if that's a word, but I don't want to be paying a hundred dollars for for my light bill, my electric bill. Exactly, uh, that would that would really tee me off if I have to pay that much money. Uh, what the hell am I doing in this apartment unit to run up that much money? Uh, <laughs> Bama days are cool one. I know that is one of the one of America's uh, greatest history, historic states, specifically down in the southern region, down there in the south. Yeah. Uh, one of the greater southern states uh, just for its history. Yes, uh, you know, so those three, I guess, those two, Energy and Bama Day, really stand out to me at least. Okay, so since we didn't mention Monkey Day, I've got a story to kind of go along with Monkey Day. Um, okay. Now this didn't happen on Monkey Day by any by any stretch at all. But <laughs> actually, I, actually, I know it didn't. It would have happened over the summer. Um, okay. But we went to a zoo, uh, Kelvin. I was really young. It was the St. Louis Zoo. I can't remember how old I was, but we went to the St. Louis Zoo, and uh, you know we're standing in those like little glass areas where you can pee, peer into the monkeys exhibit. Um, and so we're standing there as a family looking and I've got my hands on the glass. You know, I was young, like really young. I, again, I don't remember what age, but I was very young, you know, type where I put my hands on the glass and I'm looking in amazement, you know, like, wow, look at all these monkeys. Uh, they were actually orangutans, but uh, of the monkey, you know, relation. Uh, but either way, it's an orangutan exhibit. I'm looking in with my hands on the glass, just looking in amazement. And all of a sudden this young chim- or, uh, orangutan comes rolling down the little like hill 
uh, in their exhibit, and he comes all the way down to the glass, and he's right in front of me, puts his hands on the glass directly in front of me, and starts like dancing, like moving back and forth. And so then, <laughs> and so then I think it's hilarious, and I start doing it with him, and I'm literally for probably 15 seconds dancing with this orangutan until his uh, mama like let out a big roar. And he turned and ran right back up the hill <laughs> to her. But it was, it, dude, it's such a funny story because I literally sat there and danced with a monkey, well, orangutan for like 15 seconds until he got in trouble and ran, ran back up the hill to his mom. Yeah. So that was I, that, what that sounds like is stop playing with strangers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that mama said, get up here. We do not talk to strangers. <laughs> What did yep. I tell you about that? Stop playing with these dang strangers. <laughs> no, that, that's a pretty cool story. I've always wanted to do that. Um, I, I, I tell people all the time I, I have a, a huge infatuation with wildlife um, from the smallest of insects to the largest of mammals. Um, I enjoyed them from a great distance. So I would love to have done that same thing with monkeys, just with a barrier in between us. You know, exactly. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be close to anything that I think could kill me or rip my face off like monkeys are known to do. Yeah. Those are true stories. I've read those stories, but um, yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty cool story. I would love to dance with the monkey. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming up on today's show. Again, we wrap up week 14 in the NFL with winners and losers. I think I have some pretty good winners and losers. Uh, who is the best 10 win team? In the NFC, the AFC does not have a 10-win team. The NFC has three. Me and TV will discuss that. Thursday night football, arguably probably the the best matchup, at least I'm foreseeing here, foreshadowing, the best matchup game of the year candidate, in my opinion. Chestnut Herbert takes on Patrick Mahomes, and we'll discuss the Rams going into Arizona and beating the Arizona Cardinals 30-23 to on Monday night football. But first... It wouldn't be the Man to Man podcast without the moment of doom. Another great can. Stevie, that was a good one. Yes, sir. Yes. Mountain Dew's always coming in strong. So, question <laughs> before we get started. Yes, which is better, the sound of the can or the taste of the dew? Uh, the first taste is always just perfect. You can't, you can't beat the first taste. But without the first taste, or without the crack of the the dew, you don't get the first taste. So I don't I don't yeah. know. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> tough. But that man, that first taste is so so great. Yes. All right. With that being said, without further ado, TV, get it started with the Rams beating the Arizona Cardinals. Kelvin, coming into this game, I already had the the Cardinals as my as my team to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was picking them to win that football game regardless. And then I hear you know about the the news breaking that the Rams were down five different starters, an O-lineman, mm-hmm. um, Jalen Ramsey, and another cornerback, I believe. Um, and then they were missing uh, Darrell Henderson, the running back. So, you know, missing an O-lineman, missing Darrell Henderson, uh, plus Robert Woods. I mean, they, they had five guys down um, at least. There, there might have been more, but I think it was at least those five, Robert Woods, an offensive lineman, Darrell Henderson, plus the two cornerbacks, one of them being Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I'm like, yeah, look, the Rams are not going to win this game. I, I wasn't thinking they were going to get blown out, but I was counting them out um, regardless. And they came out and played good football. They got down early. 
uh, looks like the Cardinals were about to have a two-possession lead until Aaron Donald bats a pass, which was intercepted by um, Ernest uh, Ernest something, uh, linebacker of the Rams. So yeah. um, big interception, keeps the Cardinals from getting that two-possession lead, and then really the Rams just kind of took control and uh, held on for a, like you said, 30-23 to win. Uh, so I think the Rams just played great football. They played good defense. Um, even with being down Jalen Ramsey, they played great defense. And um, I think they showed that we, we kind of – I think we kind of forgot about the Rams for a little bit. They, they were off to such a hot start, but then they've kind of – they kind of came back down to earth and they weren't playing nearly as well the last couple months or month and a half or so. And I think they showed us why why they are definitely still a, a contender in the NFC uh, by, by winning this game being down so many players. Yeah, I'll bet off that last point. The Rams did hit that lull in their season. Um, well, yeah, they got out to a really hard start, and they were looking like Super Bowl contenders. And then they really, the bottom just kind of fell out in a sense. So uh, this was a huge win to go on the road against a team who has been really bad at home. Well, no, I won't say bad, but they're a 500 team at home, yet exactly. undefeated on the road in the Cardinals, which is very surprising. That's a, a pretty w- wild stat. You can win all your road games, but when on your own turf, uh, you're just a 500 team. Uh, the Rams' defensive line really owned that game from start to finish. They just owned that game. They sat Kyler Murray, what, six times. Aaron Donald had three of those alone, if I'm not mistaken. So they really owned that game. Uh, Aaron Donald inserted himself back into the defensive player of the year conversation. Uh, we'll get to the other candidate later in the show and winners and losers on my end. Um, but the Rams, I, I won't go back and insert those guys into contenders for a title, uh, but they definitely they definitely got back on track in the right way. And that's, like you said, that's without some of their best or at least key players on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, and how about this? I think what the Rams are is what the Bills should be. I think the Bills have the better quarterback. I think the Bills, um, I, they don't have quite the star power that the Rams do defensively. Uh, but they, I think they're a little bit more complete from from top to bottom. What the agree. Rams are, the Bills should be. And again, we'll uh, some more foreshadowing here. <laughs> I'll touch base with the Bills later, a little bit later in the episode. But um, a good win for the for the Rams. I don't really take much out of this for the Cards. Uh, they just fell short again. They're not a, a good home team, which I don't know how well that votes for a one seed. If you're a one seed, you'll get all your games at home. And, look, the Cards <laughs> can't win at home. So, yeah, it may yeah. be best that they get a two or three seed because, um, yeah, they're just not going to win a lot of games at home. They may be a one-and-done team if they get that one seed, and that's following a bye. And, and, truth be, and truly, I think this game for the Cards was off of a bye, if I'm not mistaken, and they lost it at home. So, um, and one thing we haven't mentioned about this game, this was a division game, so – Records out the door. This is just between – this is bragging rights. This is for the lead – or not the lead, but this is for a game or two, a half of a game in the division, which uh, – with the Niners slowly climbing, with the Seahawks having fallen, this yep. game goes a long way because uh, they split the season series 1-1. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to – I'm going to – touch on a couple of those topics there first you mentioned that, that the defensive line early on you mentioned early on in your um, portion there uh, you you mentioned that the defensive line owned the game and mm-hmm. that's one thing I was watching the game with a friend last night that's one thing that, that my friend mentioned was just that 
uh, Murray had kind of been running for his life a lot of the game, and, and he did spend a lot of time evading the pocket um, and escaping, either extending a play. I know he had a great uh, play that he, he extended all the way to the sideline and then slung it to A.J. Green for, for a first down on a great, great play. Um, and then he also had, you know, just multiple plays where he had to get out of the pocket and ends up running for a first down or running for a good gain of yards. Um, so Mur- Murray was really r- running for his life. The offensive line was was had their hands full all night. I'm not going to say they did a bad job because that is a tough defensive line to deal with. So I'm not going to say they did a bad job, but they had their hands full all night. And, and the, Rams, the Rams' defensive line definitely won uh, that comp- competition last night. And then secondly, um, the home and away – like their, their home and away splits is so weird because like we're often seeing – the exact opposite, right? The Cardinals are seven and zero on the road, three and three at home. Um, what do you think goes into that? Like, and this is something else I talked about last night watching the game with my friend is just like maybe they've played better teams while they were like so far they've had better competition on the road on the or at home than they have on the road. I don't know. Like, how do you have records that are that opposite that are that would usually reflect the other way around? You know, usually you. You would see a team seven and zero at home, maybe, and three and three on the road. But the Cardinals have been the exact opposite. What do you think goes into that? Do you think they just are better prepared when they're on the road, or do you think? And again, I should have checked the schedule before before I brought this up. But like, do you think maybe they have just played better competition than uh, when they're at home? I don't. I don't know. Quickly, the, the teams they're facing on the road: Titans, uh, two seed in the AFC; Jaguars, that's a top three draft team. Yeah. Uh, they beat the Rams on the road. They beat the Browns on the road. They uh, they beat the Niners, uh, the Panthers. If I'm reading that correctly, no, they beat the Niners, the Seahawks, the Bears, also on the road. Okay. I think that's their seven games. I may be missing one. So that's that's a that's a that's a decent road schedule. What okay. goes into that? Yeah, maybe maybe they're too comfortable at home. You know, waking up in your own bed, not having to stay out of a hotel, probably. Uh, preparing yourself a meal, you know, whatever goes into that home schedule. Maybe they just grow a little comfort. Uh, yeah. Maybe home field advantage isn't quite what it is uh, in, in Arizona, like it is in Denver or Kansas City. Um, yeah. uh, and maybe, and look, maybe when you go on the road, you got something to prove when you're on the road. You're in hostile environments, and look, everybody's against. Everybody in the stadium is against you. And yeah. Maybe you feel like you got something to prove. So I'm sure that 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 goes into it. I look, I don't play NFL football, so I don't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't really know, but maybe, you know, but they, if they want to win a Super Bowl, if they're serious contenders, I think you got to be able to, you got to be a better team at home. In my opinion, I don't know. You, you get those wild card teams, you get those two or three seeds who go on the road and win games and, you know, fight their way to a Super Bowl, but that you don't get that a lot. So you, I think you got to be able to win games at home to win a Super Bowl. I agree. Um, you got to be able to do it both places. You can't just go out on the road and, like you said, kind of get an extra pep in your step and and just start playing better football. You got to be able to do that at home as well. Big time. Um, yeah. Uh, just I, I know I know this wasn't on the script, but another thing to, I'm going to mention: uh, New England Patriots, who are the number one seed in the AFC, nine and four. They are three and four at home in a, mm. in, a in a place that is definitely a big time home field advantage, and they're six and zero yeah. on the road. So and there, there's another team that's kind of having a weird home and away split. I, I'm not sure what that's all about this year. Two teams uh, that, that have done that. They're, they're both having great seasons, but they're struggling at home. And that was a little bit more shocking. That is a daunting place to go in the postseason and play football. 
Um, but I, that one, yeah, that one confused me a little bit. But I would, I don't know what I would attribute that one to. But the fact that a rookie quarterback is undefeated on the road, Woo. wow, that's huge. On to Thursday night football, at least this upcoming Thursday night football matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs heading to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. This is, as I put in the script TV, a game of the year candidate. I was at the last Thursday night football game where the Chiefs lost to the Chargers in Arrowhead Stadium. I was at that game. That was a long car ride home. It was painful. It was cold. Um, it was very quiet. And the Chargers beat us. And this is when um, uh, Phillip Rivers was at the helm. Uh, but back to this game. TV, your thoughts on this game? Do you think it could live up to game of the year candidacy? And, uh, yeah, just your thoughts on the matchup overall. I think it can live up to game of the year candidacy. Um, look, I think I think the Chiefs – I think a lot of people got too worried about the Chiefs too soon. Um, and I would include you. I, I know you're a fan, and so it's probably easier for you to be concerned. You came in pretty hard, harsh on your guys a couple weeks uh, in a row uh, mm -hmm. when, when we were doing this podcast. And I think a lot of people got a little too worried a little too soon. The Chiefs aren't – Right now, they still aren't the Chiefs that we had seen of the past few years. They're not. They're, they certainly aren't, and, and you can tell that. But they're still a really good football team. And I think what we've seen is just the fact that the AFC is so deep this year. Like, the AFC really has, like, 12 teams still vying for a playoff spot, like, total. Like, there is, there's really only the Jets are out, the Texans are out, and the Jaguars are out. And you yep. could maybe add the Miami Dolphins to being out. They're not yet, like, mathematically, you know, whatever the – like, given the equation, they still have a chance. But you can maybe eliminate the Miami Dolphins. And I think those are the only four teams that you would say are out, in my opinion. But I guess if you add the Miami Dolphins, who are 6-7, and seven, you could add the Oakland Raiders, who are also 6-7. and seven. But either way, there's, there's three to five teams that are out of the playoff question. I think really that's – the Chiefs are just dealing with great competition this year. I think the AFC is very deep, um, and I, I think that's all, all there is to it. I think Kansas City is still one of the best teams in the NFL this year. Um, again, they're certainly not the team of past, but I think their biggest problem is, is just that everyone's kind of caught up this year, and not in terms of being as electric on offense or anything like that. There's just there's more teams that are well-rounded. There's more well-rounded AFC teams, I think, this year. Um and so I think this still poses a great game. I don't think the Chiefs have came off a step. I, I don't. I think we kind of jumped the gun when we were concerned about them. Um, I think the Chiefs have are still a great team, and the Chargers are proving to me that they're better than I was anticipating as well. I had these guys kind of finishing. I think I had them finishing in the cellar of the AFC West, and they're certainly not going to do that this year. So uh, this team surprised me, and I think this has been set up for a perfect Week 15 matchup. Uh, and game of the year candidate, it's going to be up there. I'm not sure if I'm willing to call it that, like that great yet. We'll see how it turns out. But this is definitely going to be the best Thursday night football game we have seen all year. It won't even be close. This is going yeah. to be a great Thursday night matchup. So, good take there. Let me. I, I, I may ramble on here for a second just because okay. it is my team. Yeah, no, it's all right. That's what we do on the Man Podcast. We talk. Okay. Uh, so check this out. I was hard on the Chiefs earlier, but if it's somebody who can be hard on the Chiefs, by God, it's me, okay? <laughs> by God, it's me, all right? 
my problem with the team early was they they weren't a good team earlier. I never discounted the Chiefs. I never said they would make the playoffs yet, even the Super Bowl. They were a bad team. Um, and what I've been telling people is, and, and this is more about fandom than it is sports takes. I've been telling people, hey, I didn't get enough bashing. Like I didn't, I didn't hear enough people um, counting out the Chiefs. I'm a huge Chiefs fan, so even we we were struggling. I had my my confidence was still at a ten. Um, so from other football fans, I wasn't getting enough trash talk. And now that we're up, now that we're on the six game winning streak, now that we look like the best defense of football, I don't want to hear it from nobody. Okay. Tyron Matthew called us a toxic fan base. Well, here I am, as toxic as they come. We are now the best team in football. How this applies to this Thursday night football game. If there's one thing I know about this Chiefs team is they really respond well when they feel like they have a chip on their shoulder or it's like revenge. You know, when they, when they, when they feel like they have been done bad or they let up on the gas pedal and took an L, they respond really well. Uh, we've seen that over the last three seasons, a la these first two matchups against the Raiders, okay? So the Raiders beat Kansas City in Arrowhead last season. How did they respond? They go to Las Vegas and crush Las Vegas, what, four weeks ago, all right? No, the uh-huh. Chiefs did not forget about the uh, the touring, the circling of the stadium, the victory lap last season in Arrowhead Stadium. How did the Chiefs respond? They crushed the Raiders again in Arrowhead Stadium, uh, this just this past week. Oh, yes. by the way, the Raiders stood on the logo of the Kansas City Chiefs. You guys have the audacity, and I'll get to that later. But again, chip on your shoulder, revenge. How did they respond? They crushed the Raiders by putting up 48 points or whatever the score was and holding mm-hmm. those guys to nine. When the Chiefs felt like they've been done bad, when they when they didn't bring their best, they always respond. How this applies to the Chargers. The Chargers came into Arrowhead Stadium week three or four and beat the Chiefs in the, in the game where the Chiefs turned the ball over four times and lost by, I want to say, six points. Four turnovers, and you lose by six. The Chiefs are going to go into to Los Angeles. I don't think they're going to crush the Chargers because I think this is a talented team with a very talented quarterback. But they're going to win this game. I'm calling it right now. The Chiefs let one get away in Arrowhead Stadium earlier this season when they had that bad stretch of football. They did not forget about that game. They did not forget about that day. They're going to win this game. The Chiefs, look, I don't I, – I, don't, I, I can't recall if Tom Brady's ever lost back-to-back division games to one opponent. I'm willing to go as far as saying Patrick Mahomes would never lose back-to-back games to a division opponent. It will not start this season. They go into L.A., and they beat the Chargers. Okay. So, does this mean we're getting a guarantee? <laughs> <laughs> like Charles Barkley? Guarantee. Hit the button, <laughs> Barkley. The Chiefs go into L.A. and beat the Chargers. This is a, and truth be told, throw out the winning streak. This is a must-win game for the Chiefs. You get a... I don't want to say stranglehold on the division, but you get a good grip on that number one. Or, or excuse me, you get a good grip on the division title or your hopes to, or the percentages, however you want to, the odds, however you want to word that. Uh, they mm-hmm. get a good grip on the division lead. Yeah, they split the season series with the Chargers after sweeping. Excuse me, the Raiders, and then they have one more matchup against the Broncos coming up. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You gain a game in the AFC because it's an AFC opponent, and you just get a little bit closer to that number one overall seed in the AFC, which is, which seems a little bit more visible now because the, the Patriots have a tough matchup against the Colts. Uh, the Patriots are favorite, but the Colts are a good team. At least that's what we think. And if they're as good as we think they are, the Colts should be able to win this game or at least have a fighting chance. The Colts have given up a lot of close games this season, but the number one seed is in reach if they can win a game like this. This goes a long way in reestablishing who is the dominant team in this division. Scratch the conference in this division. You do not want to let Justin Herbert have that confidence in year two that he can go anywhere and beat the Chiefs underwater, in the parking lot, on the <laughs> mountaintops. You do not give this young man who is balling the confidence that he can beat the reigning AFC uh, champions, the confidence that he can beat this team anywhere at any given time. No, you go beat him in his stadium. And if I didn't know any better, if I would have planned accordingly, I would be at this game because Laura knows the road team is always the home team when it faces the Chargers in their building. (laughs) The the Steelers showed up and showed out in terms of fan base, like the traveling fan base. I was watching the game on Sunday night. It's, you would think they were in Pittsburgh. The Dallas Cowboys, when they went into L.A. and beat the Chargers, you would have thought they were in Dallas. This, Chiefs, they will, it would be a lot of red in that stadium. You would think this was Arrowhead Stadium, the Chiefs. I guarantee <laughs> beat the Chargers Thursday night football. Game of the year candidate right here. This is going to be a great matchup. I expect Patrick Mahomes to pull it out. Okay. Um, so, real quick before we move on from this, I, I do have a, a few more things. So, I think I think yep. that's a great analysis um, that, that you showed, you know, the way that the way that the Chiefs are, are a good responding team. Um, and that's a team that you want to be able to respond, right? Like you've got all that talent. You've got all of those dominating offensive players. You want this team to be able to prove that they can respond well. Um, and, and I think you showing that, you know, that, that's a good analysis to preview this game. In terms of the game itself, here's what I'll say. The Kansas City Chiefs, if they lose on Thursday night football, they will be in big trouble because not only does that bring not only does that bring a tie atop the division, but giving the tiebreaker to the Chargers for the head-to-head record. Um, yep. Not only does that give the division to the Chargers, it muddies up the AFC just that much more, right? If Denver Correct. wins this weekend, where they would be an eight-win team and they would only be one win behind the Chargers and Chiefs, um, and and it just kind of keeps everything jam-packed. You've got a Patriots team that that's playing well with nine wins. You've got the Titans playing well with nine wins, and they're doing so without Derrick Henry. I think that puts them in trouble if they lose this game and and stay a nine-win team. If they win, they go to a 10-win team, and I think that just gives them an edge, even if the Patriots and Titans win as well and and go on to 10 wins. Even if it stays a three-way, you know, three 10-win teams at the top, I think that gives Kansas City the edge because I do think that they are the better team out of those two teams. I think they can push – to the end of the season better than a tennis, a Derrick Henry less Tennessee Titans and a Mac Jones led Patriots. I think, I think the Kansas city chiefs have the edge on both of those teams um, going into the playoffs, you know, going through the rest of the season, I would give the nod to Kansas city to get that one seed. So I think this is a, a must win. Like you said, I'm I'm one with you. I think if they lose, they're in big trouble. But if they win, I think they have a big advantage. So this game is huge for Kansas City. It's huge for the Chargers as well. Also huge for Kansas City. Uh, I will take the Chiefs in a close one, though. I don't I don't think they go and smack the crap out of them or anything. 
but I will take the Chiefs in a close game. Um, and lastly, I want to give you credit. I think it's really hard to call these guys the Los Angeles Chargers. I find myself still wanting to call them the San Diego Chargers, man. Uh, you know what? I would I would credit that to probably Justin Herbert. So he's all over the news. He's you know he's he's the next greatest you know young quarterback. So all you hear yeah. is LA 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 LA. And yeah, I just now I just now at this point, and same thing goes for the Raiders in a sense. Uh, I yes. think I got it down packed. It's L.A. Chargers and Las Vegas Raiders. The team that I kind of struggle with is the Washington football team. Yeah. Just a little. I still struggle with that a little bit uh, because it, Washington football team is very generic. I think it's a great name, but it's a little generic. Like, I would hate the Kansas City football team. That's, that's garbage, okay? <laughs> but the Washington football team isn't bad. It's just not – it's good, but it, it, yeah, it's not bad. It, I, I just still struggle with that one a little bit. Not because of the name itself, just the, I don't know, it's just kind of weird a little bit. Washington football team. And there's yeah. no other team with football in their name, if I'm not mistaken. So exactly. it's just kind of, it's still a little, I'm still adjusting, but I'll, I'll get that one down too. Yeah. So yeah. my only comparison to that, and it's going to go off, off stretch a little bit, or my, my only uh, complaint, it's, it's going to go a little off the, wall here a little bit but my only complaint about Washington football team is it sounds like a soccer team's name that's my yeah, only yeah and, and like like football is a different sport soccer already has their teams that are like the New York City football club or whatever you know like those those names are already given to soccer you know like like let's let's keep football names separate from soccer names and that's my only complaint is it makes me think of a soccer team obviously it says Washington football team but that that naming of a team makes me think of soccer teams. So uh, that's my only complaint with the name of Washington football team. Yep. 10 win teams in the NFC, Kelvin. We got the Green Bay Packers, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Arizona Cardinals, who we've already discussed. They just met, they just lost this uh, Monday night football game. Of these three teams, they've all been great this year. Um, they've all shown a few flaws um, to, to at times in the season. But really, I think these are three of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, you know, records aside, you know, comparing to AFC teams, I think, I think these three teams are three of the best. If you don't have them as your top three, you probably at least have them as your top five. Uh, Kelvin, who is the best and why of these three 10-win teams in the NFC? The best team is the Green Bay Packers right now. Okay. The team that worries me, and this is easy, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the <laughs> defending Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I, I like to think, and maybe this is me being overconfident uh, and just being a huge biased Chiefs fan, I like to think that the team that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers want to see the least, assuming they get to the Super Bowl, is the Kansas City Chiefs, Okay. Uh, but to the question, yeah, I think the best team right now is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think the scariest team heading into this final stretch of the, stretch of the season is clearly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I feel bad for discounting the Arizona Cardinals, who have truly been the best team up until this point uh, this year, at least the most consistent. They've won without the starting quarterback, without some of their best players. They've been truly the cons- most consistent team this season, and they deserve a boatload of credit. But I'm going with again Packers as the best team. Tampa Bay is the scariest team because they got they got 12 and they just they're coming off a Super Bowl win. They're getting healthier. Um, they're doing this without Antonio Brown, who I still think is the number one wide receiver in his league. I know he has a lot of issues off the field, a la his, 
faking a COVID vaccination. I mean, the dude, the dude can't get right. Like he, he's put, he's, he's been dropped in a perfect situation with the perfect quarterback, and he still can't get his crap right off the field. It's, it's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was his last NFL season because he's just completely ignorant at this point. Well, but with that, with all that being said, <laughs> um, yeah, that, coming down the stretch, four more games heading into the playoffs. There are two seed, so they're one seed away from getting another bye, which Tom Brady historically does. Just get by his week. He gets three. Seems like he gets three or four bye weeks in the NFL season, which it, it just makes no sense to me. At max, you can only get two. Why Tom Brady gets six bye weeks in the season, I don't know. What? But it seems like he's on. <laughs> seems like he's on pace to get a six bye week. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll keep this short. Packers' best, scariest team: Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. So, I'm a big, I'm a big like pull for this for the Arizona Cardinals. Right? He, they've got Kyler Murray. He's an OU guy. Obviously, I'm a little biased, uh, and I find myself cheering. Um, even though I'm not a fan, I find myself cheering for the Arizona Cardinals often. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, TV. I, I don't think we knew that man. You know, I don't think we knew Kyler Murray was a Sooner. You okay? <laughs> and you were and you were low key cheering for the the Sooner quarterback. You know, <laughs> you you gonna leave me alone for a minute? <laughs> I don't think we knew that, man. So so let me just go ahead and clarify that if you didn't know that. Yeah. I also cheer for Baker Mayfield and the Browns. <laughs> and, and, and while we're at it, anybody that Adrian Peterson plays for is a is a team of mine. Okay, okay, Sam Bradford too. How far are we going back? Sam Bradford well, too, man. If we can bring Sam Bradford back to the Rams, I would probably actually just become a Rams fan. Um, nice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so. Um, Obviously, I always pull for the Cardinals, but I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Like the Arizona Cardinals, I they concern me the most out of these three teams because they they are younger. They are younger under center. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, they, they they still have a great defense. They still have weapons on offense, and honestly, they've looked great all year long. Um, but again, they've struggled at home, and that does concern me. Neither one of these two teams struggle at home. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers if I'm not mistaken, are the only two undefeated teams at home this, this year. Uh, the Cardinals and, and Patriots, of course, were the two undefeated on the road. But I think the Packers and Buccaneers are the two that are undefeated at home. Um, but either way, they, the, this, these teams have the veteran leadership, and I would be more concerned about them, and I think they are probably the better. Mm, Green Bay is definitely better than Arizona. I don't know about Tampa being better than Arizona. Those two teams, I think, are pretty close. So, my best team, I'm in agreement with you. I just said it, Green Bay. I think that is the best team, um, top to bottom. They, they still have a great defense, um, and they have the veteran leader under center in Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I, I just like their I like their lineup from offense and defense combined. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think the Green Bay Packers are the best team. The team I'd be mo- most concerned with, if I'm going to add that one in there, still the Green Bay Packers. I think that my only complaint with Tampa – is they've shown how they can, like, that they can be slowed down, um, even with Brady being as great as he's been this year. They had back-to-back losses to an average New Orleans Saints team and an average Washington football team, and those were back-to-back losses. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, granted, they were in the middle of the season. They could have just hit a bump in the road, kind of like we talked about with the Rams earlier. 
um, at the beginning of the podcast. So, so maybe they just hit a bump in the road. They lost a couple games. And ever since, they've really been back rolling. Um, but this week kind of made me nervous, too. The Buffalo Bills were down like 27-7 to and came back to tie that football game. And that's just not typical of a Tom Brady football team to get shut out for like the last you know, quarter and a half of a football game. Um, so I think that was a little concerning, just showing that they could be shut out. Um, now, granted, they end up winning it in overtime, but um, if the Buffalo Bills drive downfield and score with their with their first possession in overtime, they, they win that game. Uh, so just their, their inabil- inability to finish the game really is what lost that game for them in, uh, in terms of Buffalo. So New England, I think, has shown that they their offense can be held in check at times uh, with, with the Saints and the Washington football team beating them. And then, of course, uh, this last game, like I mentioned, they just kind of got shut out for like a quarter and a half of football. So that's my only concern with them. That's why I would give uh, Green Bay just – that's why I would consider them the better team and um, the more more scary team at the moment. Yeah. Speaking of Green Bay and Tampa, who's your MVP? Who's your leading – who's your lead MVP candidate? I, I truly – um, if I if if I had to choose two candidates of like four of my the top two of my four candidates, it would probably be Tom Brady and then Aaron Rodgers. And I truly I would hate if Aaron Rodgers won the MVP given the season he's had and internally with his own team and just some of the the bonehead mistakes he's made. I would hate for him to win the MVP, but he's certainly in that conversation. Him and Tom Brady are one and two. Yeah, it it would kind of make me want like like if Aaron Rodgers actually won the MVP, it would kind of make me just like 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 with all the flack I gave him in the offseason for being yeah for being pride, it would you know, like that type of that type of stuff just the way he was complaining all offseason and then for him to come in and do exactly what I knew he was capable of doing when it, <laughs> potentially potentially leading this team back to the NFC Championship like why were you ever complaining dog like yeah like you you had a team built to win it all. And, and, and if he wins an MVP, it's like, man, why were you ever being uh, uh, sitting there complaining and, and acting the way you were? Anyways, I, I think I agree. I think those would be one, two for me uh, in terms of MVP. I think Kyler Murray was giving himself a, a case as well. Um, but with the recent loss to the Rams, I, I would I would put uh, Rodgers and Brady ahead of him. I mean, you, you still can't even count Patrick Mahomes out of the MVP conversation. He hasn't had a great season, but he's kind of led a good comeback in the second half. Um, I think yeah. – I think he would be behind all three of those NFC quarterbacks, but I think he has the case. No, he, I, how about this? I think Thursday's win, assuming they win, because I did make the guarantee, uh-huh. uh, if if they win and he shows out, uh, I think that will go a long way in inserting him into that conversation. So you, And then he would have to build off of that win to finish the next three games of the season. I think he could – yeah, with, with a win against the Chargers in a dominant fashion or just an MVP fashion – he could put his name back in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, to wrap up the show, the winners and losers of week 14 TV, I'll get us started. Uh, again, I think I had some really good ones. Uh, I'll start with the loser. Okay. Uh, Urban Meyer. Oh, and that's I a good think, one. Yeah, I just think I think we can safely say he is not built for the NFL. He's just not. Okay. I think he is better suited for – collegiate athletes i think managing coaching developing leading grown man is just not for him and that not and that doesn't just go for uh the players i think his coaching staff 
the front office. That is just not for Urban Meyer. He's a great football coach. He can really coach football. Everything else, I just don't think he's good at. I think he's below average at literally everything else. Great wow. football coach, great recruiter. Everything else that has to do with football, whether that's, um, you know, signing players, I don't know, talk, I, whatever. Just everything not recruiting and coaching football, I don't think he's good at. And in the NFL, you have to be good at a lot of things opposed to just coaching football. Okay, and at least if you're not good at it, you have to find ways to put other coaches in place to be good at it. Okay, you have to surround yourself uh, with just with mature, uh, likable coaches. I I just don't think he's capable of that at this level. Loser Urban Meyer, because he has had a hard season. (laughs) Football aside, winning and losing aside, he's had a hard season in his very first season. Loser Urban Meyer. Do you want me to follow that up with the loser, or do you want to continue yours? No, no, go ahead. You can you can follow it up with winner or loser. Okay, okay. So I want to respond to yours real quick, though. Um, okay. Do, what do you think? Like, do you think he should go back to college, or do you think? And I don't know if he's in a position to be able to do this, but do you think he should just retire? Like, I think the struggles this year have maybe been so bad that. Like after what happened at Ohio State, and now this year, and plus he was caught at the you know club with his hands on the young lady and her dance, you know, like should does the man just like is it time for him to call it a career? I I don't know. And again, maybe he needs to keep coaching. Um, But if it doesn't work out in Jacksonville and he does have to leave Jacksonville, is he maybe even in a spot where he should just retire? Look, if I'm a an AD. Like let a director at you know at a big time power five school, um, let's say in Oklahoma, who has a coaching vacancy. Um, no, I give him a call. So let's okay. say he gets fired. I give him a call from Oklahoma. Hell yeah. It's Urban Meyer, what, two or three time national championship winner, two different programs. I give him a call. Okay. But I won't say what he should do, but I mean I, he he can't he can't stay here. <laughs> he can't stay yeah. here and he's gonna fail. Okay. So okay. look, I if I'm a power five school, it, it specifically, and I say Oklahoma, not not for just an example, but for a good reason. I'm going to the SEC. I need a I need a really good coach. I need a really great recruiter. I need somebody who can coach up these young players. Check, check, check on Urban Meyer. I give mm-hmm. him a call. It's one of the best power five positions in all of college football. If he gets fired from Jacksonville, I don't know if he wants to retire, go spend more time with his wife and family. But again, yeah. I hit him up like Oregon as well. Yo, you ever thought about coaching here? We can yeah. give you four years, 120 million, by the way. Hey, you're competing against Nick Saban now and 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 and, and, and those guys. Hey, yeah. you, you feel like coming here? I, I at least give him a call. So Okay. Yeah. I hear you. Um and, and I'm glad you mentioned Oregon because they do have a coaching coaching vacancy. Uh, their their head coach, I think, went to Miami. Um, Oklahoma, though, has since um, hired uh, Clemson's defensive coordinator, Brent Venables. Okay, was, never mind then. Who was formerly Oklahoma's defensive coordinator. So Brent Venables is returning to Oklahoma. Um, oh, okay, nice. To take on a head coaching role. Um, but yeah, uh, good good insight. I, I think I think Venable, or I think maybe I was looking too deep um, in terms of uh, him retiring. There's got to be a college out there who would at least. 
uh, want to bring him in to because he, he is a good coach. Um, my loser, Kelvin, I, I only went with one this week. My loser, and I think they are big-time losers. That's why I did not even mess with adding anything else. Um, dancing on the on the Chiefs logo, man. Come on. <laughs> come on. You, you, you're going to go out there and have fun like Juju Smith-Schuster did. You know what comes next. Right. Juju, Juju did it last year against who? It was like the Bengals or something? No, maybe not the Bengals. I don't remember. They, Juju went and danced and had fun, and the Steelers got smacked that night. Yep. The Raiders go out there and stomp and dance, whatever they were doing, having fun. And then guess who was having fun at the end of the game? The team, <laughs> the team that won forty-eight to nine. When was the last time you saw a team get beat that bad, Kelvin? Oh my goodness! Look, and it wasn't I, just it wasn't just all game. It was mainly the first half because Patrick Mahomes didn't even have to finish the game. Right. It was thirty-five-three to conclude the first half. Woo! Okay. <laughs> Hang on. But before you go on, I forgot something that I do want to mention. I am uh-huh. on my way to Oklahoma uh, Sunday. To We were celebrating a friend's birthday. On my way to Oklahoma Sunday. Lainey's in the truck with me. We're riding. She's like, Trey, like, put your phone down type of thing because I'm always on my phone when I'm in the vehicle. And she's like, you got to quit doing that. So she's like, just ask Siri whatever you're wanting to find. I'm like, okay, all right, good idea. I said, hey, Siri, what's the score of this NFL game? And so we go through the list of NFL games or the games that I could think of. You know, I'd, I would just ask the Broncos game, the Titans game, whatever. And then I thought, I was like, ooh, what's the Chiefs score? I said, hey, Siri, what's the score of the Chiefs game? She goes, and I, I quote her word for word. She says, the Chiefs are demolishing the Raiders 35-0. to zero. <laughs> <laughs> And me and Lady were just laughing, bro. She was like, the Raiders are getting whooped. Yes. So I, I seen that snap and I started to 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 message uh, your now wife and say, hey, that should be a weekly Sunday segment between you two. OK, tell TV to ask Siri that question every Sunday. That would be entertaining. I started to do that, but I, I think I, my mind was elsewhere when I came across that snap. I think I had to get back to the game. Like, all right, so I want to continue to watch this, this butt kicking. Yeah. Let me just briefly touch on that. It would make for a great rivalry if they stumped on the logo, huddled on the logo, and made it a competitive game. Yeah. But it's, you, you become a stock when you huddle on the logo and proceed to get crushed, okay? When I tell you the Chiefs, don't forget things like that. They, and they have made a mockery of teams just over the last three seasons. The Chiefs do not forget things like that. They they come into games with so much confidence and so much swag. But yeah, when they lose games or when little subtle things like that take place, they got to come get you. And they carry that on their shoulder. And they crushed the Raiders. I mean, what, five turnovers? Patrick Mahomes only um, had, what, four incompletions? They sacked Derek Carr six times, I think, as well. I mean, they wow. crushed the Raiders. And how dare the Raiders? If it, and everybody knows, and all, all, all of Kingdom, Chiefs Kingdom would agree. If it's one team we hate, I don't know if we hate the Chargers or Broncos, but we hate the Raiders, okay? <laughs> Man, it felt good to put it on the Raiders because they disrespected us in our own building. Take that back with you back to Vegas. You yep. can have it. Yep. Uh, winner. Okay, I guess I, I really just said the winner. Winner, Rago, Raiders logo plan. It worked out to perfection. <laughs> it worked out to perfection, okay? It worked. You, I think they actually intended to huddle on the logo and get stopped. And they perfectly executed. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. 
<laughs> okay. My lone winner this week, um, again, I, I decided to just go with one because this one I think means means so much to the entire, um, I guess, just the, the every, everything about this team. Uh, this this week meant so much. Uh, the Denver Broncos lost uh, former great Demarius Thomas um, to medical conditions. He he had had seizures uh, and he was found in his home dead uh, this last week. And you know, just as as a big Broncos fan, Demarius Thomas was one of my favorites. Um, literally one of my favorite plays in Broncos history since I've been watching this one and, and one other. But but the Demarius Thomas catch from Tim Tebow. Uh, where he took it to the house, uh, took it the last like 60 yards to the house with a big stiff arm to a, to a Steelers secondary player and then outran the last two guys all the way in. Um, one of my favorite plays, and, and Demarius Thomas passing, meant a lot to the Broncos program, you know, and, and they, they did so much to honor him Sunday in Mile High Stadium with the big 88 logo on the sideline. Uh, they, they only went out on the field with 10 players for the first play of the game. Uh, leaving his position at wide receiver open, um, took the delay game. The Lions declined that penalty. Uh, and then, of course, they went on and played a normal football game. But just to honor Demarius Thomas the way they did, uh, the Denver Broncos, everyone who's a part of that program, fan, coach, player, front office, uh, all of those guys are winners uh, from, week, from week 14. Yeah, so that, that's a great one. I know for me, um, again, it's been not even – being in the AFC West, all I know is Chiefs versus Broncos, mm. Raiders and Chargers. And my introduction to Broncos football is is um, you know, like Jake Plummer. Yeah. Uh, what's the guy that got traded to Chicago? His mind is slipping my name at the moment. Um Kyle Orton. Kyle, uh, him too, Kyle Orton, but it was another good Jay oh, Cutler is yeah, the guy Jay I'm thinking Cutler, about. Yep. Yep. That's that's my introduction to Broncos football. You know, fairly good teams, decent, you know, run-of-the-mill teams, you know, competitive, not really Super Bowl contending Broncos teams. And then, boom, they land Peyton Manning. Uh, and then they proceed to go to two Super Bowls and win. Denarius Thomas was a huge part of that, right? Yeah. So you can't mention those Super Bowl appearances and teams without that guy on the outside. Um, and they had a really good combination out there. Um, both Thomases, the tight end and wide receiver, Demarius yeah. Thomas, led by Hall of Fame quarterback uh, Peyton Manning. You got no Sean Moreno on those guys. So yeah. I, I had the luxury, again, I get to see these guys twice a season, of watching that guy play. Uh, he kicked the Chiefs' butts a lot. He was a really good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so that went – I don't want to say he hit home, but I definitely felt some type of way about that passing. Mm-hmm. So uh, a really good player, man, sad to see him go, and thoughts to his his family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got one more loser and winner, and okay. I'll be quick with this one. Loser, Bill Super Bowl hopes. I, they're done, Ooh. TB. They're done. Oh. I, just, wow. I think they're done. They don't run the ball, and their best running back is their quarterback. And look, you don't. Your quarterback can't be your best running back. You just yeah. you open them up to too many NFL hits. No quarterback has ever lasted taking hits like that. From pushes to out of bounds to just when you're sliding, taking those hits, mm-hmm. things happen when your quarterback is taking hits in abundance. Uh, winner, AFC West football. And, again, I'm just harping on this Thursday night football matchup, which I think could be a really, really great game. Um, this could be the best game of the season, as I've, I've, I've stated ten times already. AFC West football, winner for me. And I have a bonus one. Micah Parsons for the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. 
where did this guy come from? Did he come from like Planet Superman or Planet Hulk? <laughs> Who the hell is this dude, and why is he so good as a rookie? Apparently, apparently, he just comes from Penn State, but he is an animal, <laughs> Kelvin, an animal. Uh, I mean, this was one of the guys I had I had my eye on for Denver. I wanted Denver to draft defensive talent um, in the first round this year, and I wanted it to be Pat Sertan or Micah Parsons. Luck- luckily, we did get Pat Sertan um, Jr., but I would I would have loved Micah Parsons as well, uh, especially since yeah. we've traded Vaughn Miller away. You know, I think he would have been a great um, addition. Since since Von Miller has been traded away, but but again, I'm I'm very happy with Pat Sertan as well. Uh, but these two guys were were top on on my list, and Michael Parsons has been amazing this year, really helping what is a bad defense. I like you can correct me if you want, but that Dallas Cowboys defense is bad. They just have two amazing um, athletes in Michael Parsons and uh, Trevon Diggs in the secondary. Um, I think it's a bad defense with two really great athletes. And then they just have mm-hmm. enough enough other guys to complement them that that defense looks better than what it is. Mm, that's a, that's an interesting take. Uh, thank you, Jesus, that the Broncos did not drop Michael <laughs> Parsons. <laughs> thank you. I I had I had enough on my plate as a fan dealing with Von Miller. I thank you that number eleven is not wearing a Broncos jersey because, <laughs> I, like I said, Chiefs Kingdom, we hate the Raiders. I think we would have hate the Broncos if that guy was in that in that blue and orange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with that being said, bonus winner Michael Parsons because that guy is a stud. It, it 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 only helps his case that he has that star in his helmet and he's on national TV every week of the NFL season. That's so true. you know, watching that dude play, um, he's made a fan out of me really really fast. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a Cowboys fan, never will be. But number eleven. I, I'm tuning in to watch that dude play because, man, he's a stud. 100%. And they're going right. to be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, because they, they – yeah, they play in the worst division of football. Or yeah. at least, yeah, maybe. So, yeah, they're definitely going to be there. Um, yeah, that's the conclusion of the Man to Man podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Shouts out to TV as always. Shouts out to me because uh, I, I told TV this maybe a month ago. I consistently out-debate him. Yeah. Uh, all the time, okay? I just, you know, just it's just what I do on the Man to Man podcast. You, you told me that like a month ago and like three months ago and like six months ago. <laughs> like <something. laughs> At least I'm consistent, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we, me TV, and we, I, I, I think I can apologize on his behalf. We have to be better with the Friday episodes. We will find a way to share that up. Um, just scheduling, miscommunication, so on and so on. We will get you guys a second episode going forward, whether it be Friday, Thursday, Sunday, from Planet Moon or Planet Saturn. We're going to get you guys a second episode. So the Man to Man podcast, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate the time.